book report. It's a book report. It's a book report about a movie. Cause that makes sense. Alex. Jesse. We're back. Yes, we are. Just you and me. Yeah. Yeah. You and me having a sexy time on the beach with each other with no Jeff Casino. No, he's been replaced by a French couple. Yeah, he's been replaced by many annoying characters that we'll get to. Um, (laughs) But no, so it's funny though, right? Because the last time we did a book report, it's because Jeff Casino could not show up. And so we did Stargate Uh with zero preparation. This time, it's very similar, except Jeff Casino didn't just not show up. He just, uh, or he didn't tell us he wasn't going to show up. He just didn't show up. No show. So we've been waiting for half an hour and we're like, well... Yeah, that's right, Jeff, calling you out, you bitch, if you listen to this later. (laughs) Um, So we're like, okay. Alex had recommended this movie, The Beach, to me some time ago. And I watched it, and I really, really didn't like it. But I remember it. I remember it very well. So I was like, okay, we could do a book report on the beach. So we're not prepared at all. But this will be a wonderful discussion because I still love it and i watch it all the time and that's so strange jesse i watch it about five or six times a year i don't don't think you told me that i don't think you told me that's an astonishing number yeah i don't know why i do it but i do is it like tied into some time in your life like some feeling that you had or something like that It, it definitely that I mean okay. that that is the crux of my relationship with this movie. It just does it on so many levels, but it does it in such a way that is like I can't coherently explain how it does it. Okay, well let's set it up real quick. So the beach is a year the year two thousand film from the director Danny Boyle, who I really like. I really like Danny Boyle. I like um uh, 28 Days Later, Train Spotting, Sunshine is a really interesting movie, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, 127 Hours I'm kind of meh on, but mm-hmm. that's its own conversation. But um, do you want to explain, if people haven't seen The Beach, what is the deal with it? Yeah, so it stars Leo. Um, you know, Leo. R- right around the time I feel like, obviously he's riding the crest of fame from the Titanic. But he's... He was king of the world. Yeah, he, he was. And king of the world decided that he didn't want to like look at himself in the mirror anymore or you know go out to the parade and show off his fancy new clothes. He decided he wanted to kind of retreat and get more deep into some scripts and some characters. At least that's my theory, and I'm going to stick with it because I don't care. Okay, and, and also because, like we said, we've done no research. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is completely spur of the moment. <laughs> so the movie is about a young American traveler who decides that, you know, he's just going to go to Bangkok. And it could be like a college student. It could be just, you know, spur of the moment type of travel. Either way, he's a young American dude just going around the Southeast Asian Pacific area. He's staying at a hotel, and mm-hmm. his, uh, I almost said roommate, but like a hotel mate? Hallway mate? I don't know. It's weird, because they have they have like these spaces at the top of their rooms where they can just 
like look like peer over. Yeah. So if the people next to you are having sex, you can just look over this like straw wall and be like, "Hey, what's going on? It's, you guys got a joint?" It's like tropical bungalow setup yeah. locale, you know. You guys got some booze? Yeah, exactly. And he meets this very interesting character named Daffy, who's played by Robert Carlyle, I believe is his name. I don't even know who that is. He's in a lot of uh, Danny Boyle movies. He's in Train Spotting as Begbie, the crazy mm. Scotsman. But he meets this character who's like obviously touched and deranged in the head, and he tells him about this like mythical, fantastical place on this island where there are like no rules, or it's like there are rules, but it's like utopian, and there's all this pot that you can smoke and does, there's like does he set it up i feel like he doesn't set it up that it's utopian i don't think he tells leo that there's like a community there he just says this place is untouched by like tourism you're it's right. completely virgin right. or whatever right because leo's whole thing going into the film is like he's like oh this these places are all touristy yes that's his big like bugbear yeah so daffy's like go to this place he gives him the map he's like this place is the shit and so Leo's like, okay, he expects it to be totally virgin. Mm-hmm. And after that, he commits suicide. Daffy, this guy. But he leaves him the map, right? And so Leo decides to take the map and go on this wild and crazy adventure. And he meets a French couple who's traveling as well, doing the same thing he is along the way. Yeah, he's got the hots for the lady. Yeah. I think that's probably why he tells them about it, but oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. It's a yeah. it's a very interesting trio of travelers at first. If you, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they finally get to this one point where there's supposed to be like this beautiful hidden beach, and. They uh, it's a community. They find a community of like you know hippie patchouli oil living off the land type people just chilling on the beach bro yeah exactly just out in thailand hanging out eating coconuts bro <laughs> smoking weed that we steal smoking from weed the bro giant drug operation that operates oh, yeah. also there's a giant drug island. operation next door yeah, yeah there's that as well so that's pretty much the setup and it's less about the adventure and more about the friends we made along the... No, it's about the fucking breakdown of the society that he finds who has some nefarious and, like, hidden agendas. Yeah. Well, we won't worry anymore about uh, signposting what the plot is about. We'll start talking about it. If you want to see it, Alex recommends it. It has Leo. I don't recommend it, but I do think it's an interesting movie. I saw it. When did I see it? Over a month ago now, I think. Yeah, When probably. I messaged you. Yeah. And I was like, I did not like that thing. <laughs> but it's uh, it has not left my brain as well. It's not like an easily forgettable movie, which is I think is down to the direction. Like, Yeah. Whenever you see a movie by an interesting filmmaker and it's a failure, it's always an interesting failure. And that's, to me, going to stick in my brain more so than something that's average. You know, like... I don't know. The Tomorrow War or something. <laughs> that is <laughs> something true. Something completely forgettable. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, like, why do you like this movie? I, I, I just have to, like, like let's, let's, let's play that game, right? So. Because I don't, I don't get the it. The first time I, I saw the movie, I think I was in a spot in life where I just wasn't feeling like 
my surrounding environment, right? Like I was like, I don't like the friends I'm with or I can't get the girl that I want to get with or something stupid like that, you know? Because this movie came out in 2000, so I'm around 10, 11 at this time. And I saw this journey of just, you know, throwing yourself into like a totally foreign environment. And I'm like, that's cool. I want to be this like swashbuckling American tourist that just, you know, doesn't have a who battles sharks yeah exactly <laughs> uh he's not swashbuckling by the way he's, he's not swashbuckling he is handsome, at all but he's not he's not errol flynn yeah he's a funny little like early 2000s college boy i don't know he wears like puka shells and shit like that and spikes his hair up with crusty gel you know so yeah <laughs> uh, so like i've i've traveled a lot i've done it i've done a pretty good amount not not as much as many, but, you know, I've been a lot of places. And, like, this guy is not the kind of guy I would have hung out with at the hostel. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Yeah. But it's more like... He's a loner. This movie annoyed me. This movie annoyed me greatly. Really? And I think it's to do with the characters, first of all. Um, Leo, I never got a handle on why I should care about him. Because he was just like, I'm an American kid who I don't know he wants to do the not tourist thing mm-hmm. I guess I don't I don't but I don't know what his personality is beyond I guess like the shell that you put forth that the 10-year-old you felt I could see that mm-hmm. I could totally see that but watching this as like a 30-year-old I'm like uh I don't I, I find these characters shallow I find them shallow and then when he gets to the commune I immediately felt gross. And I was like, this is a terrible place to be. This would be a terrible place to be. Yeah. Because it's like, it's this incestuous environment with like 20 to 50 people and you're not allowed to leave. And it's like, that place would not be a nice place to be. It just wouldn't. Yeah. I I don't know if I could describe that exactly. Other than the climate, right? Like, and a few, maybe a few of the characters but like you wouldn't want to live in a commune with them. I say I, I would say that the love story in this movie was what I was really attached to at the very beginning when I first saw it as a young kid. And it slowly dwindled away, and I think it's probably the weakest part of the movie now. And the tone that you're describing of it being like kinda like a paradise, but it's not actually one has also grown as I've watched the movie. It's much darker, like, now, watching it. You're like, like you said, you're like, this, while it's kind of cool that I was able to find a map and find this interesting beach and this community, it's, like, not a place you want to be forever. I would have immediately wanted to go home. I would see the writing on the wall, and I think that that's the problem is, like, Yes, it's about like when you get down to brass tacks and you look at the whole of the movie, it's about the psychological and sort of like cultural degradation of this little society on the beach that Leo finds himself in. But in order for that to function the way that Danny Boyle, the director, wants it to function, you have to kind of buy in to the atmosphere of it in the beginning where you think it's like a paradise. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was immediately like grossed out. Okay. I was like, wait, they can't leave. And like one guy, like one girl left another guy for another guy, but you still have to live there. And like, if your tooth gets pulled, you can't go to a doctor. I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
It was grotesque. It was grotesque, and I didn't like the characters. And I just felt kind of... I don't know, Alex. I just felt gross about it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here. Uh, you, you're like the chef. <laughs> the movie thought I wanted to be there, and it treated me like I wanted to be there, but I didn't want to be there, and it kept me there. Oh yes, it, it would have been more interesting if Leo didn't want to be there at all. And he's like, this place is a fucking nightmare. I mean, and they just kept him. Towards the end, it it was kind of like that, right? Like it was like, towards the end, it was like he figured out how Sal. I think is her name, the leader, Tilda oh, yeah. Swinton. Um, Tilda Swinton, yeah, yeah. He finds out how dark and twisted she actually is and how much of a hellscape this place actually is. So he like goes off on his own, right? He gets isolated and ostracized from the group, right? Because he's had a number of social faux pas. Um, this is where the movie gets weird. Oh, yes. When he, he starts getting weird and like losing his mind. And I liked how crazy the stakes got, I feel like, in an instant in the movie. Because at first it was just kind of like, oh man, these hippies are kind of weird. It's kind of like a cult, you know? But there's coconuts, there's fish. <laughs> there's Game Boy. You can play Game a Boy. beautiful French woman. Yeah, exactly. And, but then at the end, it's like, oh God, these guys have AK-47s. Like, yeah, the they're farmers. killing these stoner kids. That's the best <laughs> part. Is, yeah, that, that part was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because he gives the map to those guys in the beginning. And, I mean, you had to have seen this coming, even when you were I 11, know, right? Fu- you're like, He fucked up. You're like, this is going to come back to bite him. Those guys that he gave the map to are totally going to show up. Those and guys were douchebags, right? Even more sucked, than Leo. Even more than Leo. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I texted you. After I watched the movie, we were talking, and I was like, had you seen Apocalypse Now before yeah. you'd seen this? Yeah. Because this is like a bad, in my opinion, a, a bad Colonel Kurtz origin story. Because yeah, the way that he goes insane in the jungle is like, it's it's just very Apocalypse Now. It's very Francis Ford Coppola. The horror. The horror. <laughs> but it, but it <laughs> utilizes a tone, which isn't that it's like it's almost cheeky and irreverent and it uses mm-hmm. vi- visual imagery that's like game boy imagery oh my and this God, is why that, the this yeah. is why this movie is interesting to me even though i don't like it i think it's an interesting attempt to do multiple things like one of which is the like the degradation of the society and seeing it's like dark side dark side of paradise kind of thing mm-hmm. and the other part is when leo starts to lose his marbles and he's like running around in the forest by himself and is, has no contact with anybody he's like sneaking into the to the the pot farmers grove and like stealing their hats and shit mm-hmm. and you're like what's going on here and i think if the movie at that point had leaned full on into leo being insane and carried that into its climax i would have been much more appreciative of what Danny Boyle was trying to do. But yeah, what it I, ends up doing is like, do you, do you want to jump in? <laughs> I was oh, going to get no. to the ending. No, yes, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to talk about yeah. that too. Um, it, it backtracks on all of that. At the end, it just, I don't remember exactly what it does, but Leo just goes completely back to normal and he sends some emails. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what they were, but they're, okay. to the effect yeah. of, they're to the effect of like, it's just some placative bullshit for the audience that's written yes. so terribly 
to fool you yes. into thinking this movie is about something when it wasn't. <laughs> I love that. I love that reading <laughs> because I I don't read it that way myself because I just have to enjoy this movie because I watch it <laughs> six times a year. But I it's one hundred percent true. Like the ending where he's like <laughs> sitting in that internet cafe, you know, yeah. and he's there's like that email he gets from Francois, and it's like a. It's a photo of all of them, and then there's like that superimposed like MS Paint writing, you know, across the screen. <laughs> yeah, that part is uh that part is interesting. I think that part speaks to I talk about this a lot, that like early two thousand millennium, like this is the new millennium vibe, you know? It's like almost like a neo pseudo hippie spirituality about the world just because there's three zeros at the end of the year for some reason. But the way that the society breaks down, like the trick that he pulls, like the Volta, you know, the turn of the movie is, I, I like that part a lot when- Remind me, what was the turn? So the turn is he goes back to the village and he's explaining the like how shitty Sal is and what, why they're like, they need to get out of there and everything. And Sal's like having her own mental breakdown because she's like, it's the perfect community. Oh. It can't like be destroyed. And because she has a gun. The Swedish guys, the Swedish guys get like eaten by a shark basically. And mm-hmm. two of them die, but one of them survives. Exactly. And, and he's like sitting there in agony and they're like, yes, everyone just wants to have a good time. So just drag him out into the fucking yeah. the forest and let him die in a tent. And everyone just keeps on partying. You're like, who the fuck are you? Fuck all of you. Yeah. That's where I was like, I like the French guy the most because he's like, I'm the only human yeah, here. Exactly. I got dumped. I got dumped by my beautiful French girlfriend for Leo fucking DiCaprio, who can't <laughs> even act properly yet. And I have to live in this community. And now now I'm the only person who's going to take care of somebody who actually got physically injured. Like, and I was like, oh, that's the one human in the movie. <laughs> and yeah, and, and it's like they they force them that's it right that's like the problem of this paradise is like there's so much pain and suffering and it's like people think it's like the whole oh i'm doing the paleo diet or you know this is what they did when people were cavemen you know i'm just trying to go back to my roots and you're like well people also died at the age of 30 on a regular basis then too you know like antiseptics leading into another movie that we'll be talking about later is a great invention it's good that antiseptics and antibiotics are invented. However, the turn is when Sal pulls the trigger of an empty gun and actually intends to shoot Leo, and everyone sees that, right? And it's like, how can you have this utopia when your leader was willing to just shoot Leo? And he tricks her into doing that, and then everyone, like, you see everyone collectively lose their shit. And I love that part. They're like, uh, fuck this place. I think you see someone roll out of like a hammock or some shit. And they're like, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They turn off their Game Boy. Exactly. Put down their coconut. They're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I think that's the strongest scene in the movie because it's the climax of all of these elements that Danny was trying to do. Where it's like Leo going full on into not give a fuck mode for mm-hmm. one. And that's clashing with the general degradation, like psychologically of this society, or maybe not degradation, but just like having doubts, yeah. I guess. Because 
the the doubts are gonna be there if you're a genuine human. If if one of your brothers who you lived beside for years is out in the jungle screaming of agony because their leg is covered in gangrene and they're gonna fucking die, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is just partying. Yeah, it, it was a good scene. That was a good scene. So I wish I've always saved this because I have never had a movie podcast discussion to have it on. But I've always saved this kernel of an idea that was not mine, unfortunately. Well, you're welcome. I know. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, little quick history. I was in an AA meeting, not for myself, but because it was like I had to go, you know? Of course. For a another thing that it was like i was a kid and the judge was like you need to go to a meeting so i went to just random ones and i had them sign the little card and it was it was a cool experience but there was a guy one time who was talking about this movie and he related this movie to his he like lifelong abuse of drugs and alcohol and i was like holy shit that makes perfect sense it's all just an allegory for drug addiction and and it's like the drug addiction thing is like not in the movie because it's weed you know but it's like there's drugs in the movie it's but vaguely in there yeah it's it's more about this idea that people you you go out into this world like almost new as an adult right you're like reborn you're like i have all this agency i can do whatever i want you know I can put things in my body that I've never put in them in before. I'm 19 and very smart. Exactly. And it's like, you go out, you hear about this beautiful, like, beach, this unattainable, like, high, you know? You drink, you get high. I'm with you. Yeah. And you go on this journey, and it's good for a little while. And then things start to happen, and people start to get hurt. You start to, like, do things that you would never do in the first place, like steal someone's girlfriend who is also supposed to be like your travel buddy and companion, you know, who's also like helped you along like, Mm -hmm. um, and then it just all falls apart into this like mess of nothingness. And then you have to slowly recede back into like normal life. Okay. Okay. I have thoughts. Um, number one, I'll try to lay these out. Well, I'm still on cocktail number two and not cocktail number three. <laughs> um, number one, and I'll just ask these, do you think Danny Boyle intended that? And number two, do you think it's successful at doing that? If, um, like for me, to, to relate to that analogy, I could see that, but I don't think it's my drug of choice because I was, I felt bad taking the drug to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh, I don't like this drug. So yeah. maybe the withdrawals didn't hit me. And I forgot number three already because that's how my brain works. My <laughs> brain is like a, a tiny sparrow, <laughs> small, some a small bird of some type. But but let's go with number one. Like, do you think Danny Boyle intended that? Because I think you can relate that to almost anything that's a journey. If if any movie has a journey where it's good and then it's bad, you can liken it to anything else that's good and then it's bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's very general. I think that. I mean. I think that the idea of like the beach hones it down a little more like this idea of the society where everyone else is also on the high and you make friends with people who like you use with along the way, you know, but there are some shady figures as well. Um, 
I think that it's a little more specific metaphorically, but obviously when you pull it out, like and look at it from a more macro view, yes, it's almost like the hero's journey, right? Like you can apply the hero's journey to drug addiction and overcoming that and recovery in the same way mm. that you could apply the hero's journey to like a war story or the story about growing up or the story about the dog who lost his way. You know, it's like, ah, you're, you're, you're right. But I don't think that Danny Boyle meant that. I don't think he, I don't think so. Either. I don't think he had that in his mind at all when he was making no. the movie, especially because with that analogy at the end, he picks up the pieces so easily. <laughs> you if just you send a few emails. If you drug analogy, like <laughs> the end would make no sense. You'd be like, oh, I guess you can just kick heroin in a day and be like, oh, I think I'll go back. Like, no, it doesn't exactly work like that, actually. Trick your friend into fake shooting you, kick the drugs, go to a cyby cafe, send a few emails and play some Counter-Strike. Yeah, I don't Done. know. I don't know what I don't I don't understand what this movie was because it's not a drug addiction thing. This isn't Requiem for a Dream, okay? That movie is extremely literal drug addiction. You're not going to end with uh Leo and his buddy going ass to ass for heroin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been interesting as well. Yeah, I it guess. would have been. Yeah. Uh, it would have been very much much darker. <laughs> Leo instead of finding the beach gets sold on the Southeast Asian human sex trafficking market and yeah gets addicted to drugs <laughs> he has to have liam neeson save him in the uh in the sequel jesus as quite liam neeson busts in with guns blazing oh. i'd watch that i'd watch that duology i was thinking with his lightsaber just as quite oh. but from no. taken i will never be talking about quite <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's not a reference i make Make reference to George Lucas, not so much the characters in that <laughs> shit show. But um, no, it's a weird ass movie because it's like, I think my problem, it, and maybe it's a me problem. I'm completely willing to put that out there because I'm fucking weird. I'm my own entity, and what I find relatable in movies is not generally what other people find relatable. I mean, cue any number of clips of me talking about Roland Emmerich films and how Independence Day and Stargate and all these movies that people love are gigantic piles of shit. <laughs> like, I, the, the things that I relate to in movies are niche because I'm niche. Not to say I'm above or below. Not saying that. Just saying I'm weird. But, like, n the point is nobody in this movie captured me. I, I, did, okay. I wasn't interested in any of them. I didn't like any of them. Is it Roland and I, Emmerich And I didn't level? like the community. Like, is it a Roland Emmerich level, like, Stargate pile of shit for you? No. Okay. No, not at all. This this is an interesting failure. Yeah. I think it's an interesting movie. I think... Because he is a good filmmaker, right? He is. We we listed a whole bunch of his movies that I like, and we like. Yeah. And I like him. I mean, Trainspotting is and legendary I'd, for me. Trainspotting is legendary. I still need to see the second one. I haven't oh, seen the second one. I like it a lot. But I think we'll do that. I think we'll do that for a real weirdos episode. We'll do number one and two together. I would love that. Um, but uh, what was my point? You can't derail me like that, Alex. My <laughs> brain is too fickle. <laughs> I'm sorry, I messed up. I was talking about sparrow. relatability. Yeah, yeah, and Danny Boyle. No, it's it's not Roland Emmerich level. My point with that was just to say like the things that I like aren't necessarily what everyone likes. But you guys knew that already if you listen to this show. <laughs> um. 
it's an interesting failure. And I think I think if you like movies and you like analyzing what makes cinema work or not work, even if it won't be for you, I think it's worth watching because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting in the way that it tries to do like five different movies and half succeeds at maybe two of them. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird movie. I've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, you know, I feel like for the time that it came out too, it was interesting because it just stood out to me as different in a way, um, maybe almost too different. You know, like the whole scene with the the game, video game graphics and everything. I was like, what is this? And I just couldn't look away. It's one of those movies I just can't look away. And I think that's why I watch it so much. And it's not one of those movies that, like, I'm just watching TV and it, it it's on, right? That experience rarely happens to me nowadays. Um, it's This is a movie I, like, seek out five or six times a year. It's so fucking... Dude, that's so much. I just turn it over in my head over and over because I feel like it has so many problems, but it, there's something underneath it. It's like I have this boulder or this rock that is so ugly, but inside it's like shining or like glowing and I can like feel it. <laughs> you spent 15 years like chipping away with a tiny hammer at this boulder. You're like, there's gold in them hills. Exactly. With my teeth. Like, you're just like, like an old prospector. You're like, there, it's got to be gold left in this mine. You're like, no, dude, it's been mined out. You've been mining yeah. it. You've spent six months out of the year mining it for the last 15 years. Stop. Stop. You're like, oh, they're gold in them hills. <laughs> give, give me some donkeys uh, and some whiskey and some water, some hardtack. I got to mine the beach some more. You're like, Alex, stop. You're going to lose your mind. <laughs> Dude, you're I crazy. Know, <laughs> Even like divorced from the beach, the fact that you re- rewatch anything that much is wild to me. I, I love, yeah, I know. I'm, a, I'm a habitual rewatcher. I, I don't yeah, know but, what it is, but that's like a level. Oh uh, yeah, it is. That's like a, I that's mean, a, that's a plateau. It's a plateau that's like maybe you're like your uncle. You just gotta rewatch Death Race 2000. Yes, Five obviously. times a year. <laughs> I know. Because, <laughs> like, we were going to do Donnie Darko tonight. Spoilers! But I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. We'll talk about it later. It's amazing. Go watch it. Um, <laughs> and I love that movie. And I hadn't seen it in, like, a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are movies that I genuinely just love. The most I'll watch them is once a year. Yeah. And it's funny because I, like... I don't know. This movie and I have a very, very strange, strange relationship, and I yeah, I, I just still don't, don't get know it. What it is? You don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I I love the British guy. I love the Swedish guys. I love the line when he's like, you know, the what does he say? The three pillars of civilization: Christianity. I forgot the second one. And cricket. I don't. I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I remember when Leo has sex with uh, Tilda Swindon. I remember mm-hmm. that. That scene was very disturbing. What are you talking about? That was erotic as shit. Yeah, that scene was pretty crazy. I had uh, uh, I had my hand down Jeff's pants. We were watching it together. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what... I, it would be interesting to know what our, our third member has to say about this movie. I feel like I could snag him. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out again. It's been an hour since we were supposed to record Donnie Darko. Yes. He still this has is not shown no up. Call, that motherfucker. No I think he just fell asleep. He fell asleep. Are we gonna have to document a write up? Yeah, make him write a a treatise on the beach for the Real Weirdos website. Yeah. I think we should. I think that should be his punishment. <laughs> Instead of making him watch more Tim Allen films. It is history for the real weirdos, I will say. We've never had a no-call, no-show. We've had plenty of last-minute cancellations and reschedulings, but I don't. never a no-call, no-show. <laughs> yeah, we... No. We've had many reschedulings, never a no-call, no-show. Uh, <laughs> it is real weirdos history. And yeah. that is what has spawned this beautiful episode with zero research attached. Or, or very, like, tangential research. Not that the movies are comparable Alex, in any Alex, way. hold on to that. I have to pee so bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll keep going. Uh, oh, let not anyone ever say there's nothing to be had satisfying in humanity because sometimes, man, a good piss. <laughs> nothing like it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to edit that together with a... <laughs> uh, but continue. <laughs> what was your question? Um, not that the journeys are any way related or films necessarily, but Barry Lyndon, no, the Damn. Birdman of Alcatraz. Oh, what did the Birdman of Alcatraz? Okay. Yeah, what did you think of that? Um, so yeah, Alex uh knew that I was on this Odyssey, I've been on this Odyssey since the beginning of last year. Where I started in the year 1939 nice. and cobbled together a list that generally just evolved as I started watching movies, kept watching movies. I was like, oh, what's this director? What's this actor? Add him to the list. Because I wanted to get a, a sort of general, I guess, holistic view of movies. I don't know. Like movies are my obsession. They're really interesting to me. And I got to 61, 62. Mm -hmm. What was I at? Somewhere around there. And Alex was like, oh, Birdman of Alcatraz. So I watched it. This is this is going into a whole nother review, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe we'll cut it out. I really liked it. I felt like it almost felt like it could have been a 90s movie with Tom Hanks, which yeah. is something I say a lot. I say that a lot about movies. There are lots of like, movies, to be fair. Yeah. That could it's that. just such an era that... that like I'm familiar with, it's what I grew up with. And when you see something that embodies that tone of like, it's like really well done kind of Oscar cinema. Mm -hmm. And it, and it does drag you along and in a way manipulate you with its, with its Oscar -y speeches and its music, but in a way that you're okay with. Yeah. You're like, you're okay being manipulated by this movie because it's, it's like the Shawshank Redemption does it. And that's one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, like nobody dislikes that movie. And if you do, get out of here. Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like the story of that movie, I mean, obviously it's Hollywood. It's early, not early Hollywood, but you know, it's, they they shush it up a little bit and they make it their own legendary story rather than factual story. But it's just one of those stories where I'm like, you have to make a movie about this. There's no way that you can write like, I don't know. Just the fact that a man lived this life and did these things is so interesting to me. And I think that 
Um, the reason I asked about this movie, though, was... Do you think that... Do you think yes, that this Alex movie Aber? would be the beach now? Do you think the beach now would have been different if it was made in 1961 or 1962? I wanted to relate <sighs> this movie back to your odyssey of watching films. Okay. And there's something about this movie that is timeless to me in, in a way that doesn't mark it for greatness in the word way that the word timeless usually does, but in the way that it makes me feel like the story of the beach could be told at any point in time. And I don't know why. This I completely disagree. Okay. <laughs> I have to completely disagree. For one thing, I will say, just for the audience out there, the, those, those millions of you who are still listening at this point, <laughs> um, watch Birdman of Alcatraz. It's a it's a wonderful movie, very very stretched Hollywood version of truth though. <laughs> I don't know if you researched it, but that guy, the the fact like they, they do that title card at the end where it's like he's still not been let out of prison and he's eighty years old or whatever. I know. It's like if you look into it, you're like, they were worried that he was gonna molest children. Exactly. And that <laughs> guy was like an actual fucking psychopath. Uh-huh. <laughs> so kudos to the screenwriters. They knew exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> they took a thing about a guy who was in jail and learned how to mess with birds into like the most Hollywood screenplay ever. Mm-hmm. And it works. It works really well. And it's worth watching. But don't be fooled because <laughs> it is Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> this movie at, about the beach in terms of your question I don't feel like it could have been made at any other time other than the 2000s. Okay. A because the way that the like the world is working in terms of like tourism for Leo at that moment, it feels very 2000s where he just has that dynamic to him of like like I was about his age, you know, a little bit younger, but I was mm-hmm. about to be his age. I'm a little bit older than you and Jeff. And um the way that people acted, I mean, I guess you can modify all of this, but the way that the movie becomes interesting, even though it fails, are are, are totally like neo-2000s like techniques. Okay, so... If that makes sense. It does, which brings me to my other point, and I'm going to have to just apologize and say that I didn't trick you or anything into saying this, but... Doesn't this, I always say this about this movie, doesn't this movie reek of 2000s? Like, something about this movie is just reminds me of that time period when I was alive. And I think that's that's what the anchor of this film is for me. I want to just say, edit it. I don't actually think that this movie could be made in a bunch of different times either. I was just saying what you were going to say because (laughs) that's my whole point about this movie is like, it just captures me because it just taps into so many things that I was like feeling at that time period. And I feel like that's a beautiful thing that a movie can do. Sometimes it can catch you at like a moment in your life or a moment in time that is just so, I don't know. There's so many nodes in this movie that I feel like I can, feel when I watch it and it just won't ever go out of style for me and I get that 
Yeah, I don't know. Movies just do that to me sometimes. I get that, man. That's why the first thing I asked you in this fucking clusterfuck of a conversation was like, this has to be tied to your youth in some way, right? Yeah. That's why you love it? Yeah. Because like, and you know, spoilers, we're doing Donnie Darko probably two weeks after this comes out. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Uh, Jeff didn't show up. Fuck him. (laughs) These come out on Wednesdays. Real Weirdos comes out on Sundays. Um, but that's what Donnie Darko was to me. It's like, it was like just, it's such a nostalgia bomb or or movies like that. Even I won't go too deep into Darko, but there are definitely movies out there that remind me just through their DNA, like through their imagery, through their words, through their essence of who I was at that time when I saw it for the first time and loved it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I still love movies like that. And we're going to be doing them on the podcast for sure. Yeah. We've already done some. Nobody watched them. Go watch our Dead Alive episode, you bastards. Come on. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Dude, nobody watched that shit. <laughs> Dude, my weirdo picks, my like weirdo picks do not get picked up. Aww. It's interesting. But, um, but, but thin yeah. Red Line, though. Thin Red Line? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes they do, I guess. That one's not a weirdo pick, though. That one's... That movie is great. (laughs) If you're still listening now, go go watch that movie right now. Yeah, go watch The Thin Red Line and then listen to our beautiful explication of it in The Real Weirdos, starring Jeff Casino. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Should we leave it there? We should leave it there. I'll leave it there. Um, Yeah, I I think Watch the Beach. If you if you've gone this far and still haven't watched it for whatever reason, I th- even though I don't like it, I think it's worth watching if you're a fan of like cinema and seeing what makes it tick and what makes like Danny Boyle tick. If you like Danny Boyle's movies, which I mean, come on, you should, you should. Little quick note: Danny Boyle spoke negatively of the film. Little. Oh. He tell. He what told, did he say? He told a Philadelphia audience in 2017. That he realized halfway through filming that he didn't like any of the characters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Me and Danny are on the same page. You, I'm like, I like you, Danny Boyle, yeah. <laughs> and I don't like your film. And he feels the same way. I feel fucking vindicated by that. <laughs> That's awesome. I had to I had to do that because like that was exactly what you were saying. <laughs> Thumbs up, Danny Boyle. Just for that, we'll cover Sunshine. <laughs> and with that, we're out. Real weirdos, two-thirds of us. Peace out, bitches. Peace out. Peace, love, and hand grenades. <laughs> chicka chicka chipo. Now our podcast is done, and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff. We'll be back real soon. The real weirdos. We talk about movies for way too goddamn long.